0: Hello and welcome to the Jim Baker Family Show. Coming to you from the Village of Morningside, USA, snuggled in the beautiful Ozark Mountains. Today, our special guest is pastor, author, radio host, and televangelist, Dr. Robert Jeffress. Our co-hosts today are Maricela Woodall and Mondo De La Vega. And now, live from Gray Street at Morningside USA, here's your host, Ricky Baker. Hello, you're watching Jim Baker's
1: PTL Television Network, and we are excited that you chose to tune in with us today. You are not going to want to touch that dial. We have a very exciting guest model. This is someone we know, we love. This is an amazing man of God.
2: I love listening to Dr. Robert. I mean, just yeah. the name alone gives you authority and makes right. you want to watch him. But I would never I would have never thought in a million years that Dr. Robert would write a book, Are We Living in the End Times? And I can tell you that he is one of one of my favorites. Mom and Dad, by yes. the way, watch him every day. And so we have to watch him because we love him. That's yeah. right. He's on the PTL yes, network. Yes, amen. <laughs> Absolutely. We love that.
3: That's-
2: you know, one of the things I look at is the subtitle, Biblical Answers to Seven Questions About the Future. Uh, yes. It's Everybody wants to know about the future. Absolutely. Every person is asking those questions. And it's hard to find biblical view on the questions that Dr. Robert Jeffers is talking about And I'm glad he's here to set the record straight. That's right. And he lays it
1: out plainly here. And I want to tell you, on the PTL Television Network, his daily television program, which is called Pathway to Victory, is seen on Sundays at 8.30 a.m., Mondays at 6.30 a.m. here on the PTL Network. We absolutely love the fact that we get to have him on our network because we love Dr. Robert Jeffress.
2: You know, one of the things Dad loves about watching Dr. Jeffress it's the beautiful choir behind yes. him.
3: Yes. If you haven't Absolutely. watched the program,
2: I don't mean to call it a program, the service. It is a beautiful service, the voices, the choir, the instruments. And Dad told me the other day, I would love to have that choir on the program yes. one day. That's right. Yes. I don't know. Maybe we can get Dr. Jeffers to get the choir here. That hey, would be a lot of people. we we'll have to add that question <laughs> in on this.
1: If you don't know, Dr. Robert Jeffers is the senior pastor of the 16,000-member First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas. He's a former member of the White House Faith Initiative, and in 2018, he led the opening prayer as the U.S. Embassy opened in Jerusalem. He's also a Fox News contributor, and again, his daily program is here on the PTL television network, and we are absolutely honored. He continues to uh, reside with his wife. They have two daughters and three grandchildren, and they live in Dallas, Texas, where he has A wonderful church. Well, tell us a little bit for those who don't know, tell us about your family. How long have you been married, your children, grandchildren?
4: Yes, uh, I've been married about uh, 47 years. And uh, uh, we met when we were 12 and started dating when we were 15. And we've had a wonderful relationship. I have two daughters, uh, Julia, who, by the way, uh, is the host of her own television and radio program. She's a licensed professional counselor. It's called Unapologetic. She does a great job, and she's written a new book called You Can Pray Big Things for Children. And my other daughter, Dorothy, is in real estate here in Dallas, and uh, God blessed us with triplet grandchildren, six-year-olds, three of them, Blake, Barrett, and Blair, and so they keep us uh, plenty young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet they do. And I Incredible. want to tell you, Pastor Jim and Lori, we were there with them
1: last night, and they made sure they repeated over and over yeah. and over again, tell pastor, we love him. They love you. They support your ministry there in Dallas, Texas. And, and they absolutely uh, are honored that you chose to be here on the Jim Baker family show. That's
3: right, Ricky. Oh, and speaking of that, I just want to mention to all of our partners right now, you know, you, maybe you're watching for the first time. Maybe you haven't seen what's been happening with our family here at the PTL Network with Pastor Jim and Miss Lori. You know, during this time right now, Pastor Jim is in physical therapy. He's renewing his strength. Amen. We're working with him daily to just get him better. We believe that the Lord is going to touch him. We're standing in the gap for miracles. And I know that many of our partners, you received that letter from Pastor Jim and an update on his health. And so I want to thank you you because you have flooded our ministry with letters and prayers and on social media thousands have been writing and just standing in the gap with our ministry with our father believing God to yet again we believe it once again to touch his body during this time Amen. when he needs it and so I just want to say thank you at the beginning of this show I want to say thank you on behalf of my parents Pastor Jim and Lori our family our entire ministry you We'll never know what that encouragement means to us and how that your prayers are carrying us during this time. But I want to thank you so much for that.
1: That's right. And you are right in the vein with us, Pastor Robert Jeffress. Are we living in the end
4: times? What inspired you to write a book like this? Well, on October 7th, you know, Hamas invaded Israel and the worst loss of life for the Jewish people since the Holocaust. And uh, it prompted a lot of questions from our viewers and listeners. Is this a signal of the end times? And so I thought I needed to depart from my current teaching series in Ephesians and answer the question, are we living in the end times? And you all know, you know, to do a book, to write it, to publish it, to get it distributed is about an 18-month period. We did this book and had it out there in four weeks because we wanted to be timely in what we did. And it's been the number one uh, book on Bible prophecy on Amazon since it was released. They can't keep them in stock uh, at Hobby Lobby and Uh, the Hudson bookstores and all around the country. And it's not because I'm a great writer. It's because the topic is of such interest today. And so we talk about these seven questions that people have about the end times. You know, we can't know the day or the hour of Christ's return. Jesus said that himself. But since we can't know when he's coming back, we need to be ready at all times. And that's what the real focus of this book is. Are we living in the end times to make sure we're ready when Christ does come back again? Amen. Amen.
1: Well, I had the honor of reading this book cover to cover. And I will say this was truly Holy Spirit inspired. So thank you for listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and writing such a timely book, Pastor. Now, thank I have a, you. a question for you. And this is going to just dive right into it because this is important and the viewers need to know, what is the biggest threat that America is facing right now?
4: Well, I think uh, the biggest threat is what Abraham Lincoln said in his first Thanksgiving proclamation in the 1860s. I think it was 1863. He said, why is it our nation is being torn apart? And then he answered his own question by saying, we have forgotten God and i think that's the greatest threat to america's future look god is no respecter of people or nations god doesn't say i'm going to treat america different from any other nation in the world no he treats all nations and all peoples the same and god says any nation that reverences me will be blessed by me any nation that rejects me will be rejected by me the Psalmist said in psalm 33:12 blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And so I think our greatest threat is what it's always been that we turn away from God and go after our own ways.
1: You know, we see during the COVID
4: epidemic here,
1: Mondo, that people were leaving the churches and we had a record amount of churches close their doors and they have never reopened those no, doors. No, you know,
2: before COVID, we were doing the research and it was 6,000 to 10,000 churches were closing. I mean, this is unbelievable. Every year before COVID, after COVID, we learned, just one example, a church in Miami, Florida, big church, over 25,000 members, was now down to, I think he said about 5% came back. Wow. I mean, that tells you where we are in the national poll on how people are viewing Christianity, people are viewing the Bible. And I think this is why this book right here, Ricky, is so important because after COVID, Everyone was wondering, is the world coming to an end? That's right. Are we living in the last days? And I'm so, can I say this, Dr. Jeffers? Thank you for not being afraid to write a book on this subject. I don't know where we got the idea that we have to be afraid to talk about the book of Revelation and the end times. For as a matter of fact, it's the greatest moment for the church. Yes. The right. king yes. is coming yes. back.
3: So
0: nice. Did you hear
2: that? The king is coming back. Amen. And when, when you see churches closing, I am so glad that churches like Dr. Dr. Jeffers did not close. Yes. This program did not end. Amen. We continue to preach the gospel around the world because you're right, Dr. Jeffers. People are hungry about this subject, Ricky, and I'm so glad that you were able to read this and be able to tackle on the subject matter that is happening right now. Amen.
1: And Pastor, if somebody wanted to get your book, how would they go about ensuring that they can get their hands on a copy of this book?
4: Well, the quickest way to do it is to go to Amazon.com. It's being offered there at a discount, and uh, that's probably the surest way to do it, but it's available at all booksellers and chains around the country. And, you know, let me just say something, about the comment that was made about so few churches are talking about the end times. That's true. It's a secret in most churches that Jesus is coming back again. And yet, as it was pointed out, the book of Revelation is the only book in the Bible that gives a special blessing to those who read, understand, and apply the message of that book. You know, back in 1961, right after John F. Kennedy had been elected president and a few days before the inauguration, he invited the well-known evangelist, Billy Graham, to come down and spend a few days playing golf with him in Florida. And uh, they were driving back from the golf course one day when uh, President-elect Kennedy pulled the car off to the side of the road, turned off the engine, and looked at Billy Graham and said, Billy, do you believe that Jesus Christ is coming back to earth one day? And Billy said, yes, sir, Mr. President, I certainly do. And then Kennedy asked the question, then why do I hear so little about it today? And I believe you can't be in a Bible-believing church and not hear the message that Jesus is coming back again. It's the theme of the Bible. You know, for every one prophecy in the Old Testament about the coming of Christ, his first coming, there are eight about his second coming. In the New Testament, one out of every thirty verses is about the second coming of Christ. Twenty-five of the twenty-seven books of the New Testament deal with the return of Jesus Christ. It is the return. It is, as Paul said, the blessed hope of the Church of Jesus Christ. Beautifully put, Pastor. How important
1: is it that people get in a good Bible-believing church and actually attend the church physically?
4: Well, look, COVID was a devastating. disease and we can debate about how real it was or not. I think it was real. I was hearing a lot about COVID and I understand the concerns about it. But what happened, as you said, was people got out of the habit of coming to church and they've never got into the habit of coming back. Hebrews ten twenty five says, do not forsake the assembling together of yourselves as has become the habit of some. It's a bad habit not to come back to church. We need the church. We need the local church to keep our spiritual life active and hot. I mean, think about a hot coal in a burning fireplace. While it's in that fireplace, it burns a bright orange. But if you take that hot coal and remove it from the fireplace, it very quickly becomes a steely gray and cold. It's the same way with our spiritual lives. We need the encouragement that comes from other Christians, the challenge that comes from being with other Christians, if we're going to keep our spiritual lives hot.
1: Now, Pastor, what does the Bible say about electing leaders and leaders
4: that put uh, God puts in place? Well, I think you know we are in an interesting situation in America compared to biblical times. Yes. You know, people say to me all the time, "Why do you get involved in the political world?" I mean, done the Bible. Po- just say we should pray for our leaders. Paul said in 1 Timothy 2, pray for kings and all those who are in authority. It doesn't say get involved, it just says pray. Well, with all due respect, the reason Paul only said pray was that's all you could do in Paul's day. You yes. didn't get to vote for the emperor or for the king, that was imposed upon you. But as John Jay, the first chief justice of the Supreme Court, said in this Christian nation, God has given us the privilege of choosing our leaders. We have a unique opportunity, a stewardship, if you will, will, of choosing our leaders. And the leaders we choose, listen to this, the leaders we choose determine the policies we follow as a nation. And the policies we follow determine the spiritual and moral direction of our country. Every time we go into the voting booth, we're either voting for righteousness or unrighteousness. And that's why it's important as a matter of stewardship that we take advantage of this unique privilege we have to choose our leaders. Amen. Amen. And here at Jim Baker's
1: PTL television network, we fully believe that you should go exercise that God given right that we have as Americans to go vote and vote your convictions, vote your faith, vote people who will put good policies in place for us. Christians and believers. Mondo, we are with dad as often as we can be daily. And he's always telling us, make sure the people go out and vote, especially during a critical year like this.
2: Listen, we are facing one of the most critical election times in history in America. We are watching civil war trying to break out in Texas. We're watching the border situation escalating, abortion still on the table. We're watching America literally on a tipping point, And I think leaders that can be in place will determine the future of this nation. You know, dad said the other day, your friend Jim Baker leaned over and and said to me, the old leaders are dying. Could America be dying with it? Mm. You know, and he said, we still have hope. As long as we have leaders that can believe in the gospel, leaders that can believe Mm. in life, leaders that can believe. In common sense. Mm -hmm. If people in leadership don't understand common sense, we will lose the direction of which this nation is leading us to. That's right. The culture is fighting against biblical principles. Absolutely. Yet we're watching some of key, some of the key leaders stand on their faith strong. Mm -hmm. Some of these key leaders that are pushing back against culture and society, Ricky, is, is what determines everything. But more than that, You, the people, will determine who you want in office. You, the people, will determine if you show up to the local booth and show up in masses and understand that your vote matters, your voice matters, and the church. I love what you said, Dr. Jeffers. The church matters. We still need the church. Well,
1: Pastor, world leaders believe that America is in trouble. Do you believe that
4: we are in trouble here in America? I think we're in serious trouble, and it's a spiritual problem of turning away from God. And I believe we're reaping the consequences of this right now. And let me just say a a word about elections making a difference. You know, uh, I got to be with President Trump very recently, and uh, we had a visit at Mar-a-Lago, and we were talking about Christianity in America and the abortion issue, And listen, everybody knows I'm a supporter of President Trump. This is a nonpartisan network and we obey the laws. But personally, I can say I'm a supporter of Donald Trump. But you know, even those who don't support him, members who are pro-life and those who are pro-abortion all agree on one thing. If it were not for the election of Donald Trump in 2016, Roe v. Wade would still be the law of the land today. Both liberals and conservatives agree on that. Elections have consequences. And I believe today the reason Roe v. Wade, that resulted in the murder of 50 million unborn children, the reason it was taken down, it was overturned by the Supreme Court, was because in 2016, the majority of evangelical Christians realized they weren't voting for a Sunday school teacher, they were voting for a pastor. When were for uh, a president, when they put Donald Trump into office. And I'm saying whether it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden, whomever we elect will determine the policies we follow and the moral and spiritual direction of our country.
1: Amen. That's right. And the direction it seems to be heading is lawless. So what can you tell us about this spirit of lawlessness over America right now?
4: You know, in Second Thessalonians 2, uh, the Bible is talking about the Antichrist and he's called the man of lawlessness. And uh, lawlessness is uh, a a protest against God himself. We are a country that is founded on the rule of law, and yet that seems to be uh, uh, something that is no longer a truth in America. You see that at the border right now. Look, The reason I believe in a strong border is because Acts 17 says God is the one who has ordained the boundaries in which we should live. You know, people have this idea that if you're a Christian, you ought to be for a one world government. Well, uh, the next one-world government will be that of the Antichrist. There's not going to be a true one-world government until the Lord returns and sits on the throne of David in Jerusalem. But for this era, God's plan is for us to live distinctly as nations. And you can't have a nation without borders. We ought to be compassionate toward those who enter our country legally, but we have every right and every responsibility to maintain the laws of the land and to keep our borders secure. Amen. Amen. Absolutely.
1: The border crisis we're seeing right now, do you see this event
4: leading into a potential civil war? Well, I don't know. You know, it's so funny. Uh, Pete Hegseth is a great friend of mine at Fox News and I was with Pete recently and we were laughing about something that happened in 2019 when I made the prediction on his program that if uh, the president were removed illegally from office by impeachment against the will of the people that there would be a civil war-like fracture in our country. And people went bananas when I said that. Jeffers calling for a civil war. No, I was not make, making a call for a civil war. I was just making an observation. That was almost five years ago. Today, everybody's talking about a potential civil war in our country, and whether it's the border, whether it's the election, I think Americans are more divided now than they've ever been before, and I think there's a possibility of a great explosion in our country. That's
1: right. You know, here at the PTL Television Network, we are never shy to share our opinions. and I share the same opinion with you. Uh, Since the first time Donald Trump was uh, elected— I had supported him, and I will continue to support him into his next presidency. Uh, God, so be it. But we have a president right now, the current president, who actually blames the former president for the current crisis happening. I want to watch this and get your opinion on it.
0: Now, as we warned you last night, the disastrous border bill is nothing more than a blatant attempt by Biden and the left. They just want to shift the blame for his border crisis, squarely onto the shoulders of Republicans. Uh, This is his and his alone. And speaking at the White House uh, today, Joe tried to do just that. Take a look. So I'm calling on Congress to pass this bill. Get it to my desk immediately. But if the bill fails, I want to be absolutely clear about something. The American people are going to know why it failed. I'll be taking this issue to the country, and the voters are going to know that it's not just a moment just at the moment, we're going to secure the border and fund these other programs. Trump and the MAGA Republicans said no, because they're afraid of Donald Trump. (laughs) Afraid of Donald Trump. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. Now, echoing Biden's remarks, his press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, added this at today's White House briefing. Take a look at this.
5: So I mean, they the voted. Democrats they've actually
3: voted. For the two years no it has, I'm not saying that Democrats have not been in control the first two years. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying House Republicans have got in the way. They have. They have purposefully gotten in the way in trying to fix what's happening at the
0: border. Oh, so now it's all the Republicans' fault that Joe Biden's wide-open border with 10 million unvetted illegal immigrants, he has no responsibility in that. Um, I thought they kept telling us, though, that the border is closed and the border is secure, like Democrats have been telling us this
4: for three years. Hmm. Pastor, what are your thoughts on what you just saw? Well, I think of the old adage, he who sits at the top takes the shots. And, uh, I mean, the fact is, Biden has been president for almost four years. He could have shut the border down if he wanted. This is squarely on him. And if he's complaining that there's not a border bill because of Trump's influence, what does that say, that somebody living in Florida is more powerful than the president of the United States? Look, I think uh, President Trump believes that he can get a better bill that will more securely uh, protect our borders in the next uh, months after his election. And I think that's why he's opposed to this current bill. But something has to be done. We don't have a country if we don't have borders. We do
1: not have a country if we do not have borders. That's absolutely correct. And if you're just tuning in, you're watching the PTL Television Network. We are with Pastor Robert Jeffress right now. And we are talking about, are we living in the End Times, a brand new book that we absolutely yes. love. Now, what I noticed on the front cover of this is you have Israel right there. Now, I want to know what are your thoughts on the attacks that happened October 7th in Israel?
4: Well, I believe to get to the bottom line, it was satanic. And a, it's Amen. a part of Satan's plan to try to destroy Israel. And here's why. One of the chapters in my a book, is what role does Israel play in the end times? And to understand that, you have to go back to the origin of Israel. Israel was not founded 75 years ago, uh, as some people would have you think, in 1948. Israel was founded 4,000 years ago when God made a promise to Abraham that he would bless him and his believing descendants with a land. And God outlined what that land would be in Israel, and it would be theirs forever. And God also promised that Israel, unlike any other nation of the world, had the promise of endurance, God would protect Israel. And from the moment God made that promise to Abraham, Satan has done everything he can to destroy Israel because he wants to show to the world that God is impotent, that he can't keep his promises. So you've got this spiritual battle that's being waged against Israel to try to discredit Almighty God. And when Hamas invaded Israel, sponsored by Iran, I might add, it wasn't just Hamas fighting against Israel. Hamas was fighting against Almighty God himself. And that's a war nobody can win. And that's why it is so important, friends, that we be on the right side of Israel. It's not that Israel does everything right. It's not that Israel is automatically saved without faith in Jesus Christ. But God has promised Israel endurance. And to be on the right side of Israel is not only to be on the right side of history, but it's to be on the right side of God. Amen. Amen. And we here at Jim Baker's PTL Television Network support Israel. We
1: want to always make sure that you know that is clear as a viewer who are watching this. Now, Dr. Robert Jeffress, you recently were honored with a Friend of Zion Award from Jerusalem's Friend of Zion Museum, as you can see here on the screen. Can you tell us about this?
4: That, that it was such an honor for me uh, to be honored when we were in Israel back in uh, March of last year. And the Friends of Israel is a, a great organization founded by Mike Evans that uh, tries to honor those who are Gentiles who bless Israel and try to stand behind Israel. And it was one of the signal honors of my ministry.
1: Amen. We just recently had Mike Evans here on the show with us, and it was a tremendous show. If you haven't watched it, go back to our on-demand, the PTL television app, anywhere you can, and make sure you watch that. Now, if you don't mind, we're going to jump into some really heavy questions here, Pastor, but I think you have some answers that the people need to hear. Now, why in the last few years have we seen a rise in radical Islam? Well,
4: I think, first of all, we need to make very clear the majority of Muslims— though they are wrong about Jesus Christ and the way to heaven, they are peaceful people. We're not saying that all Muslims are violent aggressors uh, and so forth. They are lost sinners, just like there are American lost sinners and other lost sinners who don't know Christ and we need to love them. But it's been estimated that at least 1% to 2% of Muslims, of the 1.5 billion Muslims in the world, are radicalized. And they believe that Israel has no place in this world. They believe that Israel and those of us who support Israel ought to be wiped off the uh, face of the earth. And we need to understand it's still a very real and present danger. And that's why it's also dangerous for our borders to be unsecured. Because we don't know if thousands of people coming across the border right now The easiest way for a terrorist to get into our country would be across the southern border. And so that's why we need to be on guard against radical Islam uh, like never before. That's right.
1: Now, Mondo, you have seen the border crisis firsthand. You've been down there with ministries. But more importantly, when you were a young man, you legally immigrated into the United States. What have you seen when it comes to people who are not, you know, from the uh, South America region, Central America region coming? Do you see other nations coming across the border?
2: Absolutely. When you do your research, you realize that the inflection of Chinese immigrants coming in by the hundreds, when you see Venezuelan gang members come in by the thousands, when you see, you know, nationalities like, you know, in Africa coming in, it it makes you wonder. Mm. Listen to this quote on, on, on Instagram. Just think, security will be tighter to get into the Super Bowl on Sunday than it is to get into our country. Wow. That's, That's the truth. Wow. Though. It is easier to go to come in through the border than it is to even get close to the Super Bowl right now. Yes, by the hundreds and thousands of people are marching, leaving their situation. We don't know what trauma they're going through, but understand this: when you don't see men, when you don't see women and children lining up to come in. It's because the cartels and organizations that are lined up, you know, taking pay to get them across the country, you realize there's a problem far greater than we realize. There's one organization that every week they're clearing cash, $1.2 million, Ricky, to get people across. Why would they want to mess with that lucrative, you know, income coming in? Yet the people that are lining up to come in they are finding out their intentions is not to participate and become a citizen of the right. United States. That's right. There's a plan. There's a mission. I know you don't like to hear this. I know you don't want to hear this. I know you think we're against immigration, and we're not. Absolutely I'm an not. immigrant of the United States that came in here legally through the process. Yes. But again, I understand the bureaucracy gets all mixed up in the paperwork and people have to flee. Yet, you're still breaking the law. Yes. Yet you're still breaking their law of the land. You're breaking God's law. But yet you're seeing the intentions behind this young man and young young women are not the intentions to be a part of a society that can help the United States. Their intentions are far greater when you see China and what they have against the United States. These are young men. And you can go and research for yourself. Young Chinese men that are lining up by the hundreds and their intentions, Ricky. Are no one knows.
1: That's right. And I want to say, friend, if you are not a, a citizen of the United States, but you want to become a citizen of the United States, we want you to come here legally, go through the process and become a citizen of the United States of America. We want you here. We want you to work hard to build that business, to provide a better family for or a better life for your family. We want that for you. We are not against immigration. We support legal immigration here. And we want to make sure you know that. Now, Pastor, I want to read something from your book. This, like I said, read from cover to cover, and it captivated me here on page 144. And if you're watching right now, you can go on Amazon.com. You can go to all major book distributors, and you can get this, Are We Living in the End Times? Biblical Answers to Seven Questions About the Future by Dr. Robert Jeffress. But you say here, without—or let me say this without any hesitation. Islam is a false religion that is based on a false book that was written by a false Prophet Now, why did you take such a bold stance here in this book?
4: Well, because so many Christians are confused about this, you know, a poll among evangelical Christians showed that nearly sixty percent of evangelical Christians believe that there's more than one way to God other than faith in Jesus Christ. I wow. mean, that's astounding to me. And we need to say with well, like the Apostle Paul said in Galatians one, if anybody comes, a prophet comes, if an angel of heaven comes and preaches to you another gospel, let that person be anathema. Literally, let that person be damned. And uh, Islam, like all other fake religions, is an attempt by Satan to lead people away from the true God by ignoring the only way to God, which is through Jesus Christ. And if Islam offers a way to God, other than Christianity, then Jesus was wrong when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And when we tell people there's only one way to heaven, we're not being hateful or intolerant. We're saying that because we love people. We don't want them to perish. The most loving message you can tell somebody is to share with them the only way they can escape hell and be welcomed into the presence of God. And that is through faith in Jesus Christ.
1: Faith in Jesus Christ, absolutely. Now, why do radical Islamic terrorists target Jews and Christians as
4: well? Well, they call them, it's interesting, the Koran links those two together, people of the book, whether Mm. they're talking about Jews or Christians, and uh, they realize the connection between Judaism and Christianity, and they hate that connection, and that's why we've had rogue groups uh, target our church, and uh, they call us uh, the Church of the Infidels because we support Israel and proclaim that Islam is a false religion. They hate the truth. And it's the spirit of Satan that is ultimately responsible for that hatred of Jews and Christians.
1: Amen. Now, Pastor, you are a friend of Israel. I want to watch this report from CBN News and get your opinion on it.
5: IDF spokesman Daniel Hagari said the IDF notified 31 hostage families that their loved ones are no longer alive. The New York Times also reporting that Israeli intelligence is assessing unconfirmed information that at least another 20 hostages may also have been killed. The report said some of the dead were killed on October 7th, some died of injuries while in captivity, and others were killed by Hamas inside Gaza. Alongside the shocking news comes word of potential progress in hostage negotiations. Qatar's prime minister said Hamas is positive about the latest proposed deal, which would include a pause in the fighting and release of Palestinian prisoners. US Secretary of State Blinken said a deal is achievable, but there's a lot of work to be done. In Paris Wednesday, families of French-Israeli hostages appealed for their release.
2: We don't need people to hope for us. I have hope. We need help to get citizens free from the captivity of Hamas. Oh, this is a French citizen, and I ask from France to do all the effort to release him and everyone.
5: Israeli War Cabinet Minister Benny Gantz reaffirmed securing release of the hostages is one of the main goals of the war. The return of the kidnapped is
2: an integral part of the victory and does not replace our duty to remove the threat of Hamas. If we reach an outline, it will be a step on the way to victory.
5: The IDF also announced it's found evidence in tunnels under Khan Yunus, linking Hamas leader Yahya Sinwar to Iran. We're publishing some of the intelligence information found by our forces, indicating a direct connection from Iran to
1: Hamas, and more so to Yihyeh Sinwar
5: The IDF discovered large amounts of cash, documents showing the transfer of funds from Iran to Hamas, and envelopes of cash transferred directly to Hamas leader Yahya Sinwar. In all, they seized 20 million shekels and documentation that Iran transferred more than $150 million to Hamas and Sinwar in the last decade. Meanwhile, in a show of support to the Jewish state, Newly elected Argentinian President Javier Mele arrived in Israel, prayed at the Western Wall and announced his plans to move his country's embassy to Jerusalem. Wow.
4: Pastor, what do you think about this?
5: Well, look, my
4: heart goes out to families of those hostages. I can't imagine the agony they're going through. If I were in their place, I'm sure I would be willing to make any negotiation to get my loved one back. But that's exactly why I shouldn't be involved in the negotiations, because I'm too close to it if it were one of my loved ones there. I am very sympathetic to Prime Minister Netanyahu. I count him as a friend and I believe he's right to be hesitant about any negotiation with terrorists. I think the only thing to do is to bomb Hamas back to the stone age. That's what's got to be done. And I believe ultimately this is going to lead to an altercation with Iran. You know, Uh, people wondered for years when they read the book of Revelation, why in chapter 16 and 19 does it talk about the final world conflict being in this plain of Megiddo, in this little tiny country of Israel, no bigger than the size of New Jersey? What would lead the world forces to be in this one place? Well, I think we can see it now. That's right. How a Regional conflict could quickly escalate into a world war. You know, I quoted my book what one leading military official said. He said, we are only six steps away from World War III. Whether it's this event that triggers it or some other event, there is a time coming when not only these regional nations, but Iran, Russia— the United States and perhaps others are involved in the final world war called Armageddon that gratefully will lead to the return of Jesus yes.
1: Christ. Amen. Amen. Pastor, I want to thank you for never veering away from the truth and yeah. standing your bold stance of Amen. the truth. So thank yeah. you for that. If you're just tuning in, we are talking with Pastor Robert Jefferson about his new book, which is amazing. I read this cover to cover, Marcella, yes. and I absolutely loved every moment of it. I truly believe it is Holy Spirit inspired Are we living in the end times? Biblical answers to seven questions about the future. Now, Pastor, what are the five signs of the end times that
4: you have broken down in Matthew 24? Well, in Matthew 24 and 25, we have what we call the Olivet Discourse. It was Jesus teaching on the Mount of Olives. His disciples said, Lord, what shall be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus said to them, don't worry about it it's none of your business. Concentrate on building a strong marriage and your prayer life and you'll be just fine. No, he didn't say that. You know, a lot of people point out that if Jesus never intended for us to understand the end times, he never would have explained them. But Jesus answered their question with his longest teaching except for the Sermon on the Mount. And he outlined what things would lead to his return and his reign uh, on earth and he talked about the signs, he talked about apostasy, Christians falling away from their faith, spiritual deception, unbelievers being uh, deceived, wars and rumors of war, earthquakes, pestilences, which could be translated pandemics. And he said something interesting. He said, when you see these things starting to happen, the end has not come yet. But then he goes on to compare these signs to the labor pains that a mother feels. Uh, My wife Amy had uh, uh, labor pains that were called false labor. They were early. But then when those labor pains started to increase in frequency and intensity, that's when we knew something big was about to happen. And that's what Jesus compared these signs to. These signs, wars and pestilences and earthquakes and apostasy, in one sense, they've been around a long time, and yet we're seeing them increase in both frequency and intensity, pointing to the end, the birth of the new kingdom, if you will, the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Pastor, where's America on this prophetic timeline? Nowhere. (laughs) I mean, that's just the honest truth. Uh, it's interesting that the final seven years of Earth's history, a time that we call the Tribulation, uh, those final seven years see a ten-nation confederation that the Antichrist oversees. There's no longer any single country. There will be a ten-nation confederation that gives its power to the Antichrist, there will be no freedom of speech, no freedom of worship, no freedom of commerce. All of those things are gone, which means the United States Constitution will be gone. And if there is no Constitution, there is no America. So I think uh, uh, America really has no role. It is a lesser power, obviously. It's part of this ten-nation confederation. So what does the Bible mean by the end times? That's a great question. You know, I say the question is, are we living in the end times? Technically, no. The end times is a specific period that begins with the rapture of the church, and if we want to get into that, I can explain why I believe the next event is the rapture of the church, the taking away of Christians to meet the Lord in the air. Shortly after that will come the Antichrist rise to power, and it will begin with a peace treaty with Israel, interestingly enough. But Daniel 9 says when that covenant is made, that's when the final seven years starts taking down. Halfway through that uh, peace treaty, uh, it will be broken. Then will come the great tribulation and the return of Christ. So we're not technically in the end times. We're in what the Bible calls the last days. We have been in the last days since Christ ascended into heaven. We've been in the last days for 2,000 years, but I believe, and I make the case in the book, I think there's a strong case for the fact that we are in the last of the last days. And could I just say one more thing here? You know, people say, well, the end times, people have been talking about that forever. I don't know when the end times are going to be. Jesus said in Matthew 24, nobody knows the time or the hour, but we need to be ready many years ago when I first started working at Fox News. uh, One of my earliest friends was uh, the resident liberal at Fox. His name was Alan Combs. He was Jewish, and he was Hannity's partner for a long time on Hannity and Combs. And even though he was not a Christian, he was always nice to me, and every time I was on his show, he'd give me an opportunity to share the gospel. And one night he said, Pastor Jeffress, do you believe you'll be alive to see Jesus return to earth? And I said, I don't know, Alan, but it doesn't really matter. He said, what do you mean it doesn't matter? I said, well, I'm 58 years old, and so I know in the next 30 years, one of two things is going to happen. Either he's coming or I'm going, but the end is close for me, and it's close for you as well, and the important thing is to be ready. Amen. Amen. To be ready,
1: absolutely. Now, Pastor, what role does Israel play in these last days and times?
4: Well, the Bible teaches that uh, Israel uh, uh, that has been dispersed for 2,000 years will be reconstituted as a nation and will be back in the land. And we saw that happen in 1948. We see Israel dwelling in the land right now. And uh, I believe the, the peace treaty with Antichrist is the center point of the tribulation And many in Israel, interestingly, during the tribulation, many Jews will come to faith in Christ, as will many Gentiles, according to Revelation 6 and 7. They will come to faith through the presence of 144,000 Jewish Christian missionaries. And by the way, let me make the point very clearly. Israel is God's chosen nation, but they have to come to God the same way Christians do, and that's through faith in Jesus Christ. The Abrahamic covenant was made between Abraham and his believing descendants. Just because you're a physical descendant, doesn't mean you're a spiritual descendant. A physical descendant isn't automatically a spiritual descendant of Abraham, as Paul and Jesus themselves said. So these 144,000 Jewish missionaries will be converted, they will be supernaturally protected, and Israel will be responsible for sharing the gospel with untold millions who will come to faith in Christ. You know, you talked about that embassy dedication back in 2018. When I prayed the opening prayer, Prime Minister Netanyahu, world leaders were there, and I reminded the group that we owe a debt of gratitude to Israel. It's through Israel that we receive the knowledge of the one true God, Yahweh. It's through Israel that the prophets came. It's through Israel that the Scriptures came. It's through Israel that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, came. So the role of Israel is central in the past, the present and the future. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise
3: God. Wow.
4: Now pastor, what news events signal the end times? Well, these are the events that we talked about a few moments ago when we see apostasy. And don't we see that now yeah. Christians Absolutely. letting go of the truth Absolutely. saying they no longer believe in the deity of Christ, the inspiration of scriptures, that's apostasy. You know, The word apostasy means to fall away. Atheists can't fall into apostasy. They're already in disbelief. But we see Christians fewer and fewer embracing the truth of God. You see deceptions. Uh, uh, All time the worship of the occult is at an all-time high right now. That's a spiritual deception. You see wars and rumors of war. You say, well, that's been around for a long time. What makes it different now? Well, the simple answer, two words, nuclear weapons. There are 13,000, at least 13,000 nuclear weapons in the world today, perhaps many more. And you can easily see how the events of uh, Armageddon could come to pass. Pestilences, that's a word for pandemics. Again, regardless of your view of the last pandemic, people died, but it's nothing compared to the pandemics that will occur in the end times. You see all of these things, earthquakes, natural disasters. We see what's happening uh, recently in California, three trillion gallons of water and rain coming down. And we see this happening more and more. This is all the uh, product, I believe, of the end times in which we're living. But remember, as Christians, we don't despair. We don't grieve as those who have no hope because we know Christ is coming back to reclaim and recreate this world that has been lost to sin.
1: Praise God. Now, you say in your book, when you first learned about Bible prophecy, you found out the hard way. Could you tell us about that?
4: (laughs) Well, it's a funny story. Uh, When I was in English class in the 10th grade, we had a project to um, share as creatively as possible a book of our choosing. So I chose the late great planet Earth which had just come out with Al Lindsay. And one of the theses of the book was that uh, Russia was going to invade Israel. And so since uh, President Nixon at the time was in Moscow, when I was giving my report, I thought I'd do something creative. So I arranged for the assistant principal to come over the intercom system just in our English room at the right time with this announcement. So here I was talking about Russia's invasion of Israel when the principal came over the intercom and said, we just received a report from United Press International that Russia has invaded Israel. President Nixon is on Air Force One returning to Washington, D.C. All students are urged to go home and seek shelter immediately. Well, suddenly my teacher yelled out, oh no, it's true, it's true. And all the students got up and started heading to the exits. When I quieted them down, I said, this was just a hoax. I was just trying to show you how it might be. What I didn't know was the principal made a mistake And instead of piping that announcement just into our classroom, he sent it all over the school. And suddenly we heard lockers slamming and people running out of the school thinking the end of the world was coming. (laughs) And so it was just a reminder to me that not everybody thinks the end of the world is good news. But for (laughs) those of us who know Christ, it's great news. Absolutely.
1: Well, Pastor, how do we prepare for the last days? How do we prepare for the end times?
4: Well, the most important thing we can do is to make sure we are dressed properly. Amen. I'm not talking about physically, right. but God. I'm talking about spiritually. When Christ comes back again, we need to be make sure that we are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Praise Christ. God. If we're in our righteousness, then we're not clothed properly. We are not going to be welcomed into yeah. heaven. But when we are clothed in Christ's righteousness, God no longer sees our sin, but He sees the perfection of His Son. 2 Corinthians 5 says, God made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And that's what becoming a Christian is. When you trust in Jesus to be your Savior, God wraps you in his righteousness. That's why we sing the old hymn, when he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. That's the best way to be prepared for the return of Jesus Christ.
3: Praise God. Praise God.
1: Pastor, if there's someone watching today and maybe they have never accepted Christ Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior to rule and reign in their heart, how would you uh, share the
4: gospel with them right now? I would ask you right now if you've tuned into this broadcast, first of all, it's not by accident. If you're not a Christian, God has had you listen so that you could hear the good news about how to escape the coming judgment of God. And I would just invite you wherever you are to bow your heads. And close your eyes and pray a simple prayer like this. Dear Lord, thank you for loving me. I know that I have failed you in many ways, and I'm truly sorry for the sins in my life. But I believe what I've heard today, that you love me so much you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me, to take the punishment I deserve to take for my sins, And right now I'm trusting in what Jesus did for me, not my good works, but in what Jesus did for me to save me from my sins. Thank you for forgiving me and help me to live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. 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 Praise Praise God. God. And if you prayed that prayer, we urge you go get in a good Bible-believing church. Go get baptized. Make sure that people around you know your faith is in Christ Jesus. You don't have to have a certificate or degree to go out and evangelize. Go out and share the gospel every chance you get, believer. And we support you here at the PTL Television Network. And I want you to know that uh, churches around the world, they will also support you in this venture of you now being in the kingdom of God. We've been talking with Pastor Robert Jeffress about his new book, which is Are We Living in the End Times, has a subtitle, Mondo, Biblical Answers to Seven Questions About the Future, and this couldn't be more timely.
2: Better now than never, right? Because everything is developing so fast. Technology, world events are happening, yet we are at that marker where we must understand. Listen, God's people need to know where we are. God's people need to have a discernment to understand without fear. The gospel has no fear. The gospel is love. The gospel is understanding God's plan for your life. What better way, Ricky, to have this book in your hands? Get informed. Get your Bible out. Get the scriptures in your heart. Hide them in your heart and begin to live a life knowing that the king is coming back. That's right. This book is
1: available on Amazon.com. Every major uh, book distributor, you can go and get this. And we urge you to go get this book by Dr. Robert Jeffress. Are We Living in the End Times? Biblical Answers to Seven Questions About the Future. Pastor Robert Jeffress, we want to
4: thank you for being on Jim Baker's PTL Television Network today. It's been an honor to have you here. Well, thank you for having me and give my love to Jim and Lori. They are wonderful
1: friends. Amen. Well, thank you for being on with us today. We absolutely love it, and we will see you again soon. Yes, amen. amen. Well, Nana, we have some exciting news today. We have been uh, really focusing in on our monthly partnerships, yes, and you have amen. been responding. The partners have been responding. You guys have been saying, yes, we want to stand with the PTL Television Network. Yes, we want to stand with the Jim Baker Family Show. And I'll let you know right now, that is so wildly encouraging to us. To see you faithfully standing with us every single month saying, we want the network of truth to continue to broadcast the gospel around the world. I mean, it's encouraging to us. Well,
2: listen, anytime you do that, you're stepping in faith with us, knowing that the Voice of the Prophets Network it's reaching the world, reaching America. It's reaching almost every city. And what better way to be a part of a family? You know this about our father. He tells you the truth. Amen. That's right. Even truth that we don't want you to know, which is our private business, <laughs> right. by he the way. <laughs> but we want to share it with you. And what better way, Ricky? I love this right yes. here. Why? Because it signals that I'm standing with the PTL Network. That's I right. believe in the PTL Network. And I believe this is the hour that we must stand together And we want you to be a part of that. Yes, that's right.
3: right. And the way that they can do that is by joining. As you know, we have been doing the double blessing offering. So anytime that you send in that love gift to the ministry, whatever it is that you feel the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you, whatever it is that you feel that you can give during this time, we want to bless you in return with beautiful gifts from our warehouse, from our manufacturers here. Our team is downstairs and I love the amazing team. I see them praying over the gifts that they're handpicking for you and they're matching with the value for gifts for that donation that you're sending in. And so whatever it is that you feel led to do to give and be a part of that double blessing offering on top of the gifts that that we're sending, we're also including like Mondo showed you there. This is the PTL pen lapel. And so we want this to be a reminder to continue to pray for the mission here to go forth, which is the voice of the prophets and the gospel of Jesus and to win souls. That's number one. We have to win souls in this time because If we believe the end times, if we believe that Jesus is coming back, then we have to win souls.
1: Amen. You know, your monetary support is what keeps the lights on. It's what keeps the cameras recording. It's what allows us to continue to spread the gospel around the world. But your prayers are wildly more important to us. Keep us in your prayers. Keep Jim Baker's PTL Television Network. Keep Pastor Jim and Lori Baker. Keep the Jim Baker Family Show and all of the programs on the network in your prayers and we will continue to spread the gospel around the world. I don't want you to forget this, that God loves you. He really does.
3: Amen. Here at the Jim Baker Show, we are so excited to announce that we are doing our annual Ready Now Preparedness Expo. I want you to save the date. It begins on Thursday, April 11th, through Sunday, April 14th. Go to our website. You can visit it there at jimbakershow.com to see all the lineup of prophetic guest speakers, vendors that will be here to help you in your preparedness journey, along with practical seminars and teachings and classes that will help you to be prepared. Remember, you can visit our website, www.jimbakershow.com for more information.